Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Do you feel like your church's facility could be preventing growth? Or are you frustrated or maybe even overwhelmed at the thought of a complicated or costly building project? Are the limitations of your church building becoming obstacles to the path of expanding your ministry? Have you ever felt that your church could reach more people if only the facility was better suited to meet the needs of your community. Well, our friends over at Rise Point have been there. They are former ministry staff and church leaders, and they understand how to prioritize and help lead your church to a place where the building really is a ministry multiplier rather than a ministry limiter. Licensed all over North America, their team of architects, interior designers, and project managers have the professional experience to help you and your church move the mission forward. Listen, I trust RisePoint. You can trust them with your project too. Check them out over at risepoint.com forward slash unseminary. That's risepoint with an E dot com forward slash unseminary. While you're there, pick up their free downloadable resource for your team. It's called 10 Things to Get Right Before You Build. Reach out to them today. The earlier into the project, the better. Again, that's risepoint.com forward slash Unseminary. That's risepoint with an e.com forward slash unseminary today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Listen, I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. We've got Brittany Krimmel with us. She is a production manager at a little church in California. You maybe have heard of Saddleback. Uh, if you're not familiar, Saddleback was planted uh, back, had their first public service in 1980 was planted by Pastor Rick and Kay Warren. Uh, they now have, if I'm counting correctly, 14 locations in California, a Mandarin uh, venue, five locations internationally, and a robust online community. We've had a couple different team members from Saddleback in the past, but super excited, been really looking forward to getting Brittany on the show. Uh, welcome. So glad you're here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Okay. So tell us about your role first. If people were to say like, what is a production manager? Give us a sense of kind of, wh- what do you do there? Give us a sense of that, that kind That's of That's a great thing. question. Um, a production director at Saddleback really just gets to work with our audio teams, our lighting teams, video teams, our worship team, um, our teaching pastors, our hosts here at our broadcast campus gets to work with all sorts of people to help make the weekend experience, uh, really seamless. Mm -hmm. Love it. So good. Well, I, um, today we want to drill in specifically to kind of your leadership journey and how you ended up where you're at. I was referencing, talking about you behind your back recently and we were talking about Saddleback. We we're talking about kind of succession situations in general. And I said, well, you know, the good, there's lots of good things going on at churches all over the country. And I said, including Saddleback. And I thought of you uh, and your leadership there. But kind of tell us a little bit of how did you end up landing where you are today? What was kind of your journey to Saddleback like? That's a great question. Um, so I went to a really tiny Bible college out in Nebraska. And I remember asking our department head, hey, I want to do these kinds of things. I want to sit in a seat between worship and production. Is there anybody who's kind of done that journey before? And he said, well, you should go work for my friend at a church in Baltimore. 
And so I did that. I was her resident, Mm -hmm. um, got to be there for uh, three years. Um, They ended up hiring me on staff and it was awesome. Um, A really great growth opportunity. And then Mm -hmm. during COVID at the end of 2020, had a great conversation with Dennis Choi, who I get to work with now at Saddleback, about Mm -hmm. coming out here to be the production manager. Um, So it has been a whirlwind, but such a joy. Okay, so use the term there, resident, help define that. What there's, you know, you sometimes hear like resident, intern, uh, yeah. you might hear different kind of terms. Help us pull apart. What does that, how, what's your understanding of, the, of that? What, what, what does it mean to be a resident? Totally. Everybody has their own descriptions. I think resident is most helpful when you think of a long term investment, right? Interns mm. tend to be spring semester, fall semester, summer interns. Residents are typically around for one to two years. You're Mm -hmm. getting not just the, let me introduce you to people, but let me introduce you to people and then pass you off and you will lead projects. So you're a Mm -hmm. long time investment. Mm -hmm. I love this. And, you know, let's pull that apart a little bit. Talk us through what that experience was like. How is being a resident in that first church in Baltimore, how is that different than just being like, okay, I'm a team member here. I'm just, you know, go and take this area and run with it. Yeah. I really appreciated my residency opportunity because I had somebody that had gone before me, right? Mm -hmm. There are not a lot of people who sit at the intersection of worship and production that Mm -hmm. are female church leaders. And so I happened to get to work for one of those and Mm -hmm. she was awesome. And so she Mm -hmm. had already walked ahead of me. And so as we were going through, you know, opening a campus when I first got there, she talked me through, here is, you know the things you need to be aware of with this. Here's why we chose to do it this way. Instead of just being like, okay, yeah, you're a warm body. Go, you know, push buttons or do this (laughs) or whatever that would be. So a lot Mm -hmm. of investment, a lot of talking through why those things mattered, understanding the why behind the what instead of just doing stuff for her. Mm -hmm. I love this. And, you know, I think we all know that there's a leadership crisis, I would say, in the local church that, you know, so many churches we're struggling with. How do we find people? Where do we find them? How do we develop them? Um, and, you know, there's a unique thing. There's lots of people that are listening in from churches of a few thousand people, one, two, three thousand people. And there are these super unique roles that mm. that you you can't really just like pull somebody off the shelf and say like, okay, you know, it, come do this. It, it, there isn't like a, a specific kind of program that ultimately teaches, hey, how do I be a production manager? That That is, right. it is a unique thing to the local church. Um, would you say or, or help me understand how you, the residency prepared you even for what you're doing today? What did that what did that look like? Yeah, I think residency because you're right, there are a lot of specific skilled roles in church world. Mm-hmm. And so finding mm-hmm. somebody that fits your specific skilled role is really challenging. But mm-hmm. if you go back to leadership basics and development, there are soft skills that everybody needs that everybody can learn in residency. And that was a mm-hmm. lot of, a large part of my beginning time in that residency was talking about mm-hmm understanding um, communication systems for large organizations. Mm -hmm. That's something that Mm -hmm. is still helpful for me today. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do I communicate to people who um, are above me, below me, beside me? How do I do that? How do I make sure I'm clear and kind? How Mm -hmm. do I win volunteers to a cause? All of those Mm -hmm. things are soft skills that I I wouldn't be able to do what I do now without them. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So I love this, you know, if I um, 
can speak, uh, um, you know, maybe with a little candor. I think sometimes organizations, we struggle with folks in their first role. It's like they come out of school and it's like, man, we struggle with, because it's some of that just normal, like how to have a job sort of thing (laughs) that is difficult. Uh, Talk about that. How did that you know, kind of making a step into residency rather than jumping directly into maybe a role somewhere. Did that help you through that transition? What? Because from my seat, I, I would say, man, it would seem like it accelerated your leadership. It accelerated good things that were already happening. But how, obviously you can't, you didn't live two worlds where you went into a job and then you went into a residency. But how do you yeah. think that might help either you specifically or as, because you currently engage with residents, um, you know, at right. Saddleback. So help me talk that through that. Some of those initial, cons- you know, years of work, how does it help that situation? Totally. I think when you jump into your first job, it's a lot of like, I'm learning how to become an adult. And so mm, you have that true. on top of, <laughs> I'm learning how to become a church leader. And yep. that can be a really rough transition for people, right? You're holding mm-hmm. things you're not used to holding. You're leading at a level you're not used to leading. Things are being asked of you mentally, emotionally, spiritually that are just beyond what you're able to handle. And the beautiful mm-hmm. part about residency is there's a leader who is invested in you as a person, you as a Jesus follower, you as a kingdom worker. Mm-hmm. And so you're not left to your own devices to figure out what is what am I supposed to do You have this person who is caring for you, shepherding you, pastoring you, developing you so that when you go out to your first job or your whatever your next seat on the bus is, you're not set up for failure. You're set up for success. Mm, Very good. Very good. Well, let's take a step back. Now you're in a role where you're leading, you know, you're, you're, you're managing lots of things, lots of moving parts. When you think about developing leaders now in your area, how has your experience shaped that? What, you know, what has, how has kind of the journey you've been on personally, where has that brought you to? How has that helped you when you think about, uh, you know, developing the leaders around you? Yeah, I would not be able to lead at the level I lead at without having developed other leaders. Like Mm. I just got my first intern this summer and we had so much fun and it was so, so wonderful to get to develop her in that way um, mm-hmm. and get to just run alongside her, cheer her on, champion her. And part of what allowed me to do that was I had developed leaders in volunteer spaces. And so it freed mm-hmm. up a lot of my time to not worry about them because they could lead themselves and run themselves. And so I had more time for an intern who needed more of my time because you're Mm. walking with them in such a deep way. Um, Leadership development is just, it's so important in every facet. And it tends to be the, I think the intersection of evangelism and discipleship. Mm. If you really want to tell me about that, that that's interesting. Yeah. 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 Let's hear about that. Tell me about that. I, I think what we do is way too important to leave it to just mediocre leadership, right? When you are talking Mm, about Jesus and the hope of heaven, leaving it to meh, shmeh, it's fine. Like Mm. it's not, it's way Mm -hmm. too important. There are people who will spend eternity apart from Jesus because we did not put our best effort into developing leaders who would go Mm. radically change the communities they serve. Mm-hmm. It also disciples people and discipled people, disciple people, disciple people. And so mm-hmm. leadership development tends to just be, I think, a beautiful intersection there and <laughs> really allows us to champion the gospel in ways maybe we hadn't thought of before. <laughs> That's so good. 
when you think about from your seat um, as a resident who then ended up transitioning into a, you know, a, a full-time career, and then now as intern, maybe a resident at some point here in the future, mm-hmm. you know, there's a number of things that we've got to be very clear with our with our people that we're leading, that we're trying to develop in this intentional way. Yes. What would be some of those areas where you have, you know, found it either it was good for you to receive that clarity or man, I wish I would have had more clarity. Uh, you know, talk us <laughs> yeah. through that. What, what, give us that, some of that insight. Yes. I think it's really helpful to remember that residencies and internships are seasonal and seasons have a mm. hard start date and they have an end date. And so they don't just go on forever. And I think sometimes in the church world, we allow things to get really fuzzy when, Mm -hmm. when it comes to people, we need to make it really clear. So when you think Mm -hmm. about a two year long internship, right, you'd start in August of one year and then two years later, by that end of Mm -hmm. July, we're done. Everybody Mm -hmm. knows that going into it so that, that, that resident isn't going I'm here for, you know, maybe forever or I'm here for maybe mm-hmm. six months. They go, I mm-hmm. know what the next two years look like. This is where God has me. And should something change towards the end and you go, it's a mutual agreement between a church and a resident that go, you know, I think we want to partner together in kingdom mm-hmm. work here. That's great. Mm-hmm. But it's because mm-hmm. we know there's a hard end date, not just we're not floundering around. Mm-hmm. Um, so clarity is a huge, huge win when it comes to residents and interns. Yeah, let's stick with their <clears throat> for a minute around, um, you know, we're, we would develop residents. There's really two, I always think of these things, well, there's lots of different ways to think about, but two things that come up often when I think about residents is uh, we want to be involved in developing leaders because we think that's the right thing to do for the kingdom. It's important for us to develop leaders. And then there's the frankly selfish side of it, which is as an organization, we're trying to develop people who may eventually end up on our team, yes. but not necessarily. And that that feels like one of those areas that could be very spongy and end up like, you know, misunderstanding or lack of clarity. Um, give us some coaching or thinking around that, you know, assuming, hey, we, maybe we have, maybe we're a church of a couple thousand people. We have three residents and we don't intend on hiring three people at the end of this. We might hire some. Help us think through how could we approach yeah. that to be the most clear, the most kind to the people that we're working with. Right. Um, we have a great internship and residency director here at Saddleback. And one of the things she first told me when I was in my internship supervisor training but she said, it's really, really important that we don't promise people a job at the end of this. It's yes, really, really so important good. that we protect their expectations, their feelings, our expectations, our feelings. We may mm-hmm. love them. And if it becomes time where we are actually offering them a job, that's a totally different ballgame. We right. we don't lead with the, well, one day you could work here or whatever. Yeah. We say this is an internship and a residency, and we are so glad to partner with you for this season. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really helpful, right? We're all on the same page that way. Mm -hmm. The other thing with churches and really just because it's a run human run organization is you have to set your pride aside to supervise Mm -hmm. an intern or a residency or a resident, right? There are a lot of people you talked about who can get into the, like, I want to develop you. So you will be on my staff or Mm -hmm. so you will think like us, lead like us, be like us when leadership development is operating in kingdom currency, which means mm. it's abundance mentality. It does mm. not matter if oh, that so intern or that resident stays here, right? If right. they go to lead at another church and they radically change the spiritual landscape of a different town, we are 
cheering for them. We are championing that cause. Just because they don't stay with us is not a loss for us. It is a win for the global church. And that is Mm. way too important to just white knuckle our pride when it comes to interns and residents. Oh, that's so good. I love that encouragement of like, hey, it's not you know, we're not just going to do this because we're trying to, you know, it's it's not just a potential, you know, hiring pipeline. It's it's an opportunity for us to develop leaders who could be used anywhere. And we'll have these people, you know, for a season, ensure that we're, um, you know, we can care for them and see them grow in the season that we're with us. And, and we'll yeah. see what happens from there. Is there any other areas that would be that we need to be thinking about around trying to drive to more clarity. So totally understand this whole thing around hiring. Definitely, you know, you need to think about that. But are there other areas that you'd say, hey, here's a potential pitfall to avoid, um, you know, around clarity? That's great. I think every church is different. Um, and mm-hmm. so being really clear about the expectations of what are the opportunities, options, resources available mm. at your particular church, right? I was at a church where, um, I never saw my supervisor and that was really challenging because I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing, where I was supposed to be developing. Um, I felt really far apart from the church cause there was no one to help me get plugged in. Um, mm-hmm. and I've been at a church where I had an amazing supervisor and I talked to them daily. They helped me get plugged into the church in a small group. Um, they helped leverage opportunities of skills I needed to develop things I was already really good at. And so being really clear about the expectations. Will -hmm. you get to talk to a church leader a lot? Um, or at a, at a pace that makes sense, right? Frequent, consistent, Mm -hmm. clear communication. Um, what are the leadership available opportunities, right? Maybe you're Mm -hmm. there for summer camps. And so will you get Mm -hmm. to lead a summer camp or are you there just to run games or Mm -hmm. are you leading groups? Are you leading a devotional? Whatever that may be for your specific area, being really clear about what the opportunities are and then being really clear to the rest of the staff. There are some mm, churches that good. tolerate interns and residents, right? Because it's an inconvenience. <laughs> it truly sure. is. Leadership development right. is an inconvenience to us because it asks us, it costs us something mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, churches, financially. It mm-hmm. is inconvenient to do this, but it is way mm-hmm. too important to not do this. And so mm. being really clear with your staff teammates about mm-hmm. here, here's how we're going to treat our interns. Here are the opportunities they are allowed for. Here is how we coach them. So you don't mm-hmm. critique them in the hallway. You talk to their supervisor. Their supervisor talks mm-hmm. to them. Whatever those boundaries may be, that clarity is so, so important for be- for everyone being set up for success. Otherwise, both parties just end up frustrated. Mm-hmm. So good. I love that. Um you know, I think when we think about the kind of day-to-day or week-to-week management of a resident, I know uh, we got connected through Leadership Pathway, an organization yeah. that helps churches, uh, you know, with these. And a part of what they do is provide coaching to people who are going to have a resident totally. around even just what to talk about. Like, here's a conversation or two. When you think back to that phase as a resident, were there any conversations that you had that were particularly pressing? It could have been the kind of things we've talked about here that were particularly helpful for you uh, as you were serving that were like, Oh man, that was like a light bulb moment. Did not think about that before. Uh, you know, we got in on that. Yeah. I think both emotional intelligence and conflict management skills mm. were oh, so good. huge soft skills, um, that 
I was equipped with, right? My supervisor had received those materials and was ready to help me walk through them because it's not if you run into a situation where you are managing conflict, it's when. And so (laughs) as a, you know, 19 year old, I was like, I am not going to go fight with that worship leader or jump into conflict there. No, thank you. And Mm -hmm. so having my supervisor kind of walk me through like conflict is not the problem. The problem is when we are taking things personally or we get aggressive Mm -hmm. and it's not the other person's best interest at heart. And so that has served me very well. Um, mm-hmm. as a leader today, both in that time now and in the future. I'm really grateful for that. So good. Okay. So pivoting in a slightly different direction. So as a production uh, director, manager in, in your church, there's like the hard skill side of what you do, which is making, it's the ministry to machines, making the things happen. You know, it's the, you know, the scheduling, all that kind of stuff. And then there's the soft skill, all the things we were just talking about there, interacting with people. How do we care for them? Building a kind of culture where, you know, an attractional culture people want to be a part of, all that kind of stuff. Um, Talk me through in your, your current role at, at Saddleback, Talk me through how those interact with each other and, you know, how, how, as you lead, are they, you know, which of those do you worry more about? How do you think about them? You know, how, cause I, I think the kind of role we all have that in our, we all have these less technical side of what we do. Right. And then we have the soft skill side of what we do. Um, and how do they intersect in your current, uh, your current role? Who that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> the, especially in the production world, the technical skills versus people skills seem to always be intention. Um, Mm. I think part of the way I am wired is I value the people skills and the system skills higher than technical skills. We can Mm. teach you technical skills, but if you (laughs) don't have a heart for people or the local church, that's going to be a huge problem. Yes. Um, And so I tend to value those. I also get to support our technical teams. And so I and pairing people up with people who are very gifted, very technical. They are the experts in their field. And so there's no lack of resources. That is mm-hmm. not true at every church. Right. Um, there are definitely some things where you have awesome volunteers and it's just this one guy named Joe and he runs sound every week for you. Yes. And so developing yes. somebody in that space is really hard. But mm-hmm. if you can teach um, somebody who has a heart for ministry, if you can teach them, here is how you schedule people in planning center. And it matters because we're clear and it means we're stewarding them and their time and their gifts well. Mm, that good. will set them up for success far and above anything else because mm-hmm. you can still teach the technical skills. You don't have mm-hmm. to know that. There are plenty of resources and systems and other churches in your area who are operating in kingdom mentality, which means we are sharing everything. There are plenty of resources online. If you Mm. go, oh, I really need to know how to do this. Great. But just Google it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You'd be amazed what you can find on YouTube. You'd be amazed. (laughs) Yes. So I definitely think, you know, they can be somewhat even and we want you to be highly competent and a great culture fit. But I think that those people skills have to win out, especially when it comes to kingdom work, right? Because we're yes. people helpers. So yes. it matters way more that you can sit with someone who comes to the booth sobbing mm-hmm. than whether mm-hmm. or not you are Dante certified. 
Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. I'm not even sure what that means, but it sounds fancy. Um, so, so give us a little coaching here. I'm going to take advantage of the fact that you're here and you're an expert in this area. So uh, picture this. This is a very theoretical situation. You of know, course. a church of maybe a, a thousand people. And yeah, we have that Fred or Joe. We have that like tech person. And maybe we have a few of them even. And um, they've become prickly pears. These people are you know, they're very good at what they do and they are not, um, they're, they're not like begrudging doing it, but it's like the worship people don't want to talk to them. The, the pastor kind of, they see them walk in the room and they walk the other way, you know, like they're kind of avoiding interacting with these mm-hmm. people. How do we win these folks back? What can we do to try to create a culture? How would you help us maybe diagnose that situation? Help again, very theoretical. I know you cannot imagine technical leaders that no, never. Uh, struggle with those kind of things. Yes. Um. <laughs> Well, first, there is a we have a great friend. His name is Todd Elliott. He runs mm. the Philo community, which is first mm-hmm. in, last out for um, production teams around the world, and mm-hmm. that that really is his heartbeat. So, if you need a deep dive into that, I would point you to all of Todd's resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also think about the fact that production people usually get the short end of the stick. Um, mm. In so that, true. who is emailing them at you know? 8.55 a.m. when there's a 9 a.m. service, it's usually a lead pastor going, I actually want these slides instead. Or yeah, no. a, not that that ever happens. No. no. Theoretically, theoretically. Theoretically. In theory, <laughs> that never happens. Yes. Um, or, you know, a worship leader who goes, well, those lyrics aren't right. And then you realize, well, actually, the lyrics you provided me weren't incorrect. I'm happy to change them, but mm-hmm. they the resource wasn't right from the start. Or... Yep your community gets a power surge. Well, whose yeah. problem does that become? Your volunteers. It's your production yep. teams. And mm-hmm. that's not usually something they know how to deal with. And so yes. they're, they are catching a lot of things and they get mm-hmm. um, a, really the raw end of the deal most of the time. Mm-hmm. It When you're talking about winning them back, I think about just really the words. A lot of them are introverted people. And so they do not want the, wow, we have an amazing production team. Let me call them out. That is their nightmare. Don't do that to them. Yes. <laughs> they think more about you stopping by after service yeah. and saying, thank you so much for what you did today. Right. I know it costs you something, but it matters. Right. Or when they are flipping the stage, coming and going, I have two hands and I am just here to help. You tell yes. me whatever you need and I'll yeah, do point that. Me in the direction right? of stuff to move. Yeah. Right. If you are wrapping cables, don't wrap it around your elbow. They'll show you. I promise. <laughs> Um, but and even like if you that. have to ask of 12 times yes. in a row, what's the right yes. way again, they yes. will appreciate that you're, you know, yeah, absolutely. Right. It's good. People don't want to feel alone. The production mm-hmm. people being bitter and resentful tending to right? in theory, mm-hmm. be bitter and resentful is a people problem, right? They become yeah. undervalued and underpaid because a lot of them are volunteers. Mm-hmm. And so if you can lavish value on them, right. As mm-hmm. both as, sons and daughters of God, but also valued members of your church. I mean, that mm-hmm. that will speak volumes and you'll see a significant shift in your culture. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I think going, like you're saying, encouraging us to go out of our way to communicate their worth. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes these folks, unfortunately, they, they're like, they understand that they're... Uh, <laughs> 
you know, a bottleneck and yeah. they don't, they, they feel that as a, a real weight. And they're like, yeah. you know, they, they love the Lord dearly. They love the church. And so they're like, I better show up and make all this stuff happen. But yeah. someone coming alongside first to show appreciation and then, Hey, how can we help build some more people around you? Um, you know, they, they might not have the, uh, you know, they may not have the ability to do that. And so us helping them with that can be, you know, a huge, huge deal. Yeah. Uh, and reminding them, it's not, it's not about what we want from you. It's about what we want for you. Yes, like if that, yes. and that also asks a lot of your pride to be set aside, right? Do I actually value mm-hmm. this person as a person instead of being the person that can run lyrics for me? That's a yes. huge deal. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And there is a weird thing there. Isn't that true? Like, again, I, I we've been joking about the theoretical thing, but there is a, <laughs> there's a common trope there of yeah. technical people that are driven, you know, overridden by teaching pastors or by, you know, demanding worship leaders or whatever. And some of us, particularly folks that are in executive seats that oversee all of those people or have the ability to push back with that teaching person. Like it's our job to create the culture of respect for those people and to come in and advocate and be an ally and say, Hey, like, you know, when we have emailed these people, you know, using the example used for the last four weeks at 8, 15 AM, I want to help us not do that this week. Yeah. How can, what can, what system can I help get in place so that we give this to them at an appropriate time? Um, yes. I think that's a part of our job. I will never forget building um, teaching graphics during a run through for months straight for a lead pastor. Mm-hmm. He would just send in his slides um, later in the day than I would uh, prefer, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I will never forget our executive pastor telling him like, hey, this is really challenging because then I'm not available for other things. And him going, mm-hmm. okay, I'll I'll talk to our lead pastor about that. Let me go fight that battle for you. And then seeing mm-hmm. a shift that that was mm-hmm. such a meaningful moment to me and made me believe a lot in his leadership m- more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking to an executive pastor just recently in the last week or so where there was like a bit of a train wreck on a Sunday. It was one of those like, hey, how's I was having the like, hey, how's it going conversations? And they were explaining, you know, all of this, you know, kind of stuff that was that happened. It was one of those Sundays where it was like a series of dominoes that fell. Yes. And, and they were, and this executive pastor was like reflecting on it. It's not even my area. Like I understand, obviously all of it is my area. I'm supposed to oversee Mm -hmm. all these things, but I'm not the expert on this. Um, But I was really encouraging them. I was like, man, good for you stepping in to say, Hey, what can we do? How can we create, how do we make this better? You know, how do we try to, you know, inject some care in the midst of this tricky situation? Yeah. Uh, That's really our job in the midst of all that. So Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. It's cool. Well, I really appreciate this conversation. This has been fantastic to get to know you a little bit better and to hear a bit of your story. As you think to the future, you think about residency, you think about internships. Um, what are you thinking about in the future in this area? Is there are, Would there be some kind of coaching or advice you'd give us? Or, or, or as you think about and leading in your area, are there things that you, as you look over the, over the horizon that you would, uh, that you're kind of looking forward to in this area? I am definitely looking forward to more interns and residents. I email our director all the time and I go, hey, when is your next whatever? Because I just mm. want to know what the odds are that I could get you know, an intern or resident. She always mm-hmm. goes, well, Bernie, you know, when God aligns both the right people in the right time, of course, we'll yes. do that. So she so yes. kindly reminds me. Um, <laughs> I am just so looking forward to more people caring about interns and mm. residents. In the last mm-hmm. year, we've seen so much fruit come of that, both for our church and then other churches. 
And Mm -hmm. it has fueled my heart to go like, man, the church is in such good hands and such a good trajectory Mm -hmm. if we can keep going because we Mm -hmm. need, 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 need more leaders who are good Mm -hmm. leaders, not just leaders and who are good leaders who are here for a long time. Mm, So good. Well, Brittany, I really appreciate you being here today, uh, you know, cheering for you as you lead at Saddleback and, you know, influence things there. Uh, I'm really honored that you would be on the show today. If people want to track with you, uh, where do we want to send them? If we want to track with the church, where do we want to send them online? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can find me at Instagram. It's just Brittany Krimmel. It's nothing crazy. Um, <laughs> and you can follow all that God is doing through Saddleback at saddleback.com. And we would love to let you in on that. Love it. Thanks so much, Brittany. Really appreciate you being here today. Of course. Thank you so much, Rich. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.